And now part two of Foodies with Natalie Ramtahal, Kim Kuo, and Nick Wong, and my excellent co-host, Stefan. Enjoy. <laughs> she goes, you look constantly excited. <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> you know, to be like a puppy. <laughs> All right, so that's so foodie, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring it back. We'll bring it back to yeah. bag. You're listening to the Can't Sell This Podcast with your hosts, Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. There's something I noticed at the last place that I worked. Probably about 90% of the employees ate out for almost every meal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To the point where, uh, and, and, I, and I won't call him out by name, <laughs> a dear friend nice of mine, Robert, <laughs> Breven, <laughs> brought a, uh, a plastic like Rubbermaid Tupperware container mm-hmm. and was like, can I put this in the toaster oven? What? And I went... No. no, God, no! It'll, well, he's like, well, I put it in the microwave, and I'm like, well, that's another story. But no, this is not. You will, it'll melt, and cause a fire. But anyways, um, the point is that melt <laughs> leftovers are not a thing for them. You know, like they go in the fridge and then they just go in the garbage after that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's either because they don't have time to eat uh, or to, to prepare meals, they, they're or bothered. They don't know how yeah. because they're all, you know, in their early twenties. Just moved out from home and just never picked that up. So uh, when I when I would show up with this the crazy foods that that I make at home because I I enjoy cooking. All the men in the Grandbart family ha- are are the the cooks of the family. We yeah, all, we, we all lots. Yeah, <laughs> we, we like cooking the things, or not just the German food. Also, sauerkraut is very delicious. Is the sauerkraut? Yeah. Und sausage? Oh, yeah. bratwurst. Excellent. <laughs> the grandparents right, love I'm, to cook. I have to do a digression. Um, <laughs> my mom... The potatoes? Oh! <laughs> my the world! On to perfection! Stop that. <laughs> <I know. laughs> All the grandpart men love to cook. It's true! <laughs> My mom used to make um, what she called chicken a la king. It was actually chicken a la king. I'm sorry. Why is that funny? Because it's not what she called. Oh, what she called. The mushroom sauce, chicken and rice, tons of curry. Which is not a thing that goes into, but I didn't know this as a kid, so I grew up chicken a la king was like a, a mushroom curry chicken dish. Perfect. Loved it. It's one of my favorite meals. Until the first time I ordered it at a restaurant, and I was like, where the fuck's, where the, the, curry? fuck's the curry? <laughs> so I went, and my mom's like, oh yeah, I just put that in there. I'm like, well, you can't call it chicken all the king. Then. Anyways, I so had I'm a bag like, of curry, and that's what I had. <laughs> yeah. So now, you know, the grand bar man loves to cook, the women love to use curry bags. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so mushroom curry chicken is now a, a, a meal that I have very often. I just refuse to call it. By That's... its phone name, yeah. But but this is just oh, the thing, like these traditions name. of stuff that we would make at home. Chicken a la Grandbart. Yeah. <gasps> oh. Call it chicken a la Raj. Oh, that's oh, good. I Chicken like it. <laughs> I was going to lay this over to you guys. Do you have any of those stories of like foods that have become foods as a result of like your family sort of reinterpreting things? Oh, my, <laughs> I used to get teased at school all the time because of the leftovers I'd bring to school. 
And basically, one of the things that my my mother did is she would put beets in our potato salad, and so it would turn the entire thing purple. And people would be like, "Ew, what is that?" I'm like, "What?" Potato it's salad. It's potato salad. Which is. Like, yeah, it was freaking delicious. Was it really good? It really was. Good. I love beets, <laughs> so I, I can yeah, believe beets it. Beets is amazing, and she put like you know boiled potatoes, and that kind of thing in there. Damn, man. It, Mama, I think Mama it's... Mama Quo knows. Mama Quo knows. <laughs> beet potato salad. One but she didn't call it that, right? She just called it potato salad. Potato salad. salad. Yeah. But there's beets in there. <laughs> Have you had it? It's, no, I actually had it. What the fuck? It's still a vegetable. Is that the thing you're holding on to? Like, you're like, our first child will eat beet potato salad before you do, my friend. <laughs> right? Ouch. <laughs> is he gonna have it? Are you gonna let him have beef potato salad? You know, maybe I should make it for you. You should make it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> would you like that? I would. Do you like beets? Yeah. It's a non-brainer. It's a no-brainer right there. Until I forget the next morning. Yeah. There's that like. Oh my, oh my god. god! We literally <laughs> talked about this today. Exactly. So we made a roast beet salad uh, with Chev, and, and and I said to Libs, I made a point of looking in the eye and, and went. Don't forget, we did this. And then the next day, we're like, I'm dying! Right! Because, like, I went downstairs before she did, and I made coffee, and I went to the bathroom, and she, she was like, Oh, yeah. You know, so, so she got to go to the bathroom, and was not surprised. Is it the way you or be? Yeah, you have this whole Right? Thing. I was like, I'm 46, who the fuck knows? Something could be breaking inside me, I don't know. So, have you watched Portlandia at all? Oh, There's yeah. an entire episode about this. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, no. I, I haven't watched Portlandia. Well, I, I can find it. I just need to find it. But this um, is the thing I love about growing up um, in Canada, where everyone sort of brings their own ethnic foods to the table. What did, what did he call it? Foodways. Foodways. The food way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had, a, oh, I had yeah, a conversation yeah. with a, a professor from U of T today. Who's also in food studies and history. Food studies and history. And, mm-hmm. and what he talked about was uh, families coming from, you know, another country and teaching the food way. You could probably say more than I did. But food, food ways and how the evolution of that yeah. occurs over the course of generations. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, I mean talking about like getting teased for the leftovers that you bring to, to school I, I think I have probably about six or seven dishes that mm-hmm. I used to eat I would bring I mean I I never had mac and cheese until I was in my 20s mm. I never had poutine until I was in my 20s there were so many things that kids grew up eating that I just wasn't part of my my like food vocabulary because right. of the way that that my parents made food and because of the way that we ate mm-hmm. um, I think one of my favorites is there's a, uh, a German dish, Northern German, called Latzkaus, which is essentially um, corned beef and mashed potatoes mixed together until it becomes a flesh-colored goop. Oh, my God. That's really yeah. delicious. I know. I've <laughs> had this. Actually, it is, it, is, it is the most disgusting-looking thing you will ever eat. It, is just, it just looks like someone melted because of radioactive poisoning. Um, and if you're, if you're having it very traditionally, you'll have it with sardines. Um, but we usually just ate it with pickles, mm. and pickles, I brought I go. brought this to school Utopia? once, and people were just like, "What the fuck are you eating? <laughs> is that a is... person? Yeah. <laughs> Did you melt the baby? Is that your noble baby? You should have said yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, 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 I made shit up, but the food. The vibes. This is delicious, yeah. baby. It's yeah. funny. I didn't. So 
the corned beef story of like is very Caribbean, but also my partner's Filipino and has a similar corned beef story. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. So like my family, we didn't eat beef because my parents are my mom's. Interestingly enough, like Hindu Muslim Christian. Oh sure. Wow. So mm, don't ask the questions. <laughs> well, like, oh my but, god! Anyway, Hindu Chris is right? what they call it. So, but so we, we also celebrated <laughs> Christmas and Diwali. We also kind of celebrated. Part of our family was Muslim. Diwali Mass, I think. They right? Call it. Like <laughs> whatever. Jedi people were kind of. So previously, I would say... Jalati. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jalati yeah. people about like 20 years ago kind of just celebrated everyone's thing. If there was a reason to eat and drink, you just yeah. eat and drink it's like with anybody. Yeah. Right? There was no reason to divide it up. I can get behind that. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we're kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. This is like the Wally Mass here. <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> but like over Wally time, that people got more like sort of tied to their specific religion and what right. that should look like. And like, I mean, it is what it is. But Chinese would eat like corned beef because it was cheap it was easy to like two dollars a can and you could feed like five people right and same with filipinos like so my partner was saying he used to eat like corned beef and like onions and like that was a jam we had that too see (laughs) (laughs) See so my family is is like i mean our heritage is chinese but um, we're Mauritian Chinese. Oh, so, basically, so you're African Chinese, so which is we're really African interesting. Chinese, and we had our, our own corned beef recipe where you mm. essentially take like these onions, slice them thin, mash them up with some vinegar mm. and, and salt and pepper and a little bit of sugar and you mix that with corned beef and that's called corned beef salad. Yum. And you eat it with bread. Does that Meat make me salad. salad. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, tell me more about your cooking salad. <laughs> that sounds so good. It's delicious. See, yeah, man. I was always, for me, it's, it's like I chopped up hot dogs and threw them in mac and cheese, and my kids don't eat it because they hate me. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true at all. I really make some really tasty food. I like to pretend like I'm shitty at what I do. Also, don't knock hot dogs and mac and cheese. Right, um, right though? This yeah. is my point. That is that is our favorite sort of like ghetto dinner is like mm-hmm. hot dogs and mac and cheese. Actually, Ooh. what my favorite, my favorite, so what I like doing is shelling um, bratwurst, taking the, the skin off the yeah. bratwurst and crumpling it up and, and frying it crumpled. And then crumbling it into mac and cheese. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Okay. Can I have a follow-up question for you guys? Yes. Uh-huh. What's your ghetto food? What's like the food, the ghetto food from your childhood that you fucking love? Oh, <laughs> that's tough. There's so many. I have a couple. Okay, go. I have two. Go. One yeah. is my like what used to be a childhood comfort food and then became a drunk food in university. Nice. Was leftover white rice. And Fridays on top of yes. Nike, which is like a very, I guess, like Viet Asian thing to do. And I guess the second would be everything to do with mac and cheese. Like one of my old business partners yes. back in university, he like basically lived on a diet of mac and cheese, and we all did because we were so poor. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be like, hey, let's add prego pasta sauce to this <laughs> right and like let's make a gourmet mac and cheese so we i have like a whole repertoire spreadsheet of yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm not i'm not knocking that that's a great idea to be honest we did it we did a uh like a i'm not trying to take away from this whole 
ghetto food thing. In quotation marks, but we, yeah. But, but we did, like, I, I did a, 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 a bunch of fillets of salmon, and we had so much salmon left over that we chunked that up and threw it into a shrimp and pasta dish mm-hmm. that my kids really like. So they all of a sudden, my kids are like, is this salmon? We're like, yes, <laughs> I love it, you know. I think it's I think it's a matter of the willingness to experiment mm-hmm. that makes what could be just a standard Yoda, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. into something, if not exceptional, at least really tasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And a willingness to experiment. That's the that's the important part. That's so, what I do when I'm alone. When when my <laughs> No, I'm serious. No, it's just no, no, no. there have been times where uh, my partner yes. had to like um, she wasn't she wasn't in Toronto or she wasn't in Ottawa when we were living there and I would have like I'd be alone for a month. My every meal I can experiment because I'll pretty much eat anything. You know, if I don't like it, I don't like it, but I'll eat it. Yeah. Uh, but at least if it's you know, if I experimented and it's it's not good, I'm the only person who has to finish it off, right? That's true. But You're that's when I blame. discovered uh, adding tandoori to tuna salad is mm. like I can't eat tuna or I can't make tuna salad uh, like for a sandwich without adding tandoori because I'll sit there like this time I'm not going to do it I'm just going to have straight up tuna salad and I go but it's so good with the tandoori I gotta put some tandoori in there and I just do it anyways this is because of the chicken ala king though yeah probably totally. yeah that's where it comes from <laughs> this is just a spin off yeah. chicken ala lies <laughs> <laughs> so what would be what would be your two okay. like you oh. so one is like we call it just egg rice which is just mm. Egg with like white rice and like <laughs> my mom would throw in some like green some scallions or some and cilantro and or cilantro sure. and that was like literally it and I could eat it for breakfast I could eat it for lunch I could eat it for dinner the other ghetto food which is like a perennial <laughs> favorite and my mom will save me just like a little if she makes it it's like curried eggs so curry ed- eggs with potatoes and li- so what do you do with it I love that you I got I'm like how do I describe this dish. None of these sound ghetto to me. These sound delicious. <laughs> yeah, I should bring this up because I feel like if you like the like curried, yeah, 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 thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. you totally like this. So my mom, she hard boils eggs. She'll make curry from like potatoes and the usual suspects like onions, garlic, whatever right. curry, and then she'll throw in these boiled eggs, and it's like this masterful concoction of like creamy egg. With like soft potato, and you just eat it with rice. Right. So anything that's sort of rice based is like pretty well for me. I'm a big fan of rice. Me too. Yes. My my kids are not. My daughter is a mashed potatoes and gravy mm. girl. Like Good she girl. Will you can't hate on that. <laughs> no, that's I, delicious. Of course, of course not. I'm like, yeah, it's great. My son hates mashed potatoes. He hates potatoes. <gasps> that's a that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. It's, it's so. <laughs> genetically upsetting to me because there's this Irish guy that's just like who do you think you are you you, you shite you know but truth is like when I make him when I make him like like hash browns like I, I fry potatoes in the morning for breakfast for a brunch he loves them he likes crispy French fried potatoes, right? Mm, so when yeah. you chop potatoes up and you fry them in, in oil and you season them up just right, he's all over it. If you hand him a bowl of mashed potatoes, I, 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 that's that look. Like, Your Irish ancestors are like you rolling think you in their are, old man. You know, like he just doesn't love yeah. it. And I, I'm going, this is no okay with me. <laughs> you know, yeah. the Elliot man 
eat potatoes. <laughs> That's not how that works. By do, the way. do you tell you him that? To like mashed potatoes. Yeah. You know, you take the mashed potatoes, and either what you do is you do a good gratin where you just mm. spread a bunch of cheese on top. Right. Then put it in the oven until the cheese gets really nice and crispy. I have made potato like like cakes, potato cakes. Like once oh. I've done mashed potatoes, yeah. leave them for a day and then come back and, and egg wash and breading and, and, and fry them and make a potato cake. So next time invite me over, please. <laughs> we can do, well, we can't do it. We don't have an oven. We have a stove. I know, but it's like my, my daughter just loves everything potato. So it's, it's the easiest thing in the world because I'm like, I will boil those things and drain those things and jam them with butter and cream and here you go. Mm-hmm. Do you put sour cream in your mashed potatoes? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's available, yes. Yeah, if it's available, right? Yeah. Because it does add this weird velvety goodness to potatoes mm. as opposed to just milk. Mm. Milk and butter and potatoes is fine. Milk, butter, and sour cream? Oh, I didn't know you were getting mm-hmm. fancy tonight. You know? Right? Like a, is that are you being romantic (laughs) (laughs) but then you like we have chives growing in the garden so it's like you always i I snip chives and chives my my wife hates potatoes too what she lived in dublin for two years and she is like against potatoes i think she's against the irish and yet she's the (laughs) one that named both our kids irish names totally Mm-hmm. Nima yeah. and Niamo. <laughs> and it, sorry, is your son Declan? Mm, yes. <laughs> it's the easiest thing. Easiest thing is just agree. Yeah, you bet. That's exactly how that works. What's your good food? My mouth. I'm so sorry. No, I'm, see, please tell me whilst you your mouth is did you ever full serve of things. Meals to people, because that's what they do. They wait I until. Have- they, Two? Two? Like everyone else, I have two. Two. Oh, there's one from my actual childhood, and the one, there's one that's not from my childhood at all. Do it. So the one from my childhood is, so in Mauritian cooking, there's a base, kind of like the Mauritian mirepoix, call it, you can call it that, um, where they do this kind of stir fry with mushrooms, onions, uh, thyme, mm. and coriander, and you essentially make that, and you can pretty much put anything, any kind of protein in there. So sometimes my mom would put that over fried eggs and we'd eat that on rice. Or you'd put like something called poisson salé in there, which is like a very like salty, salty dried fish. One of the ones that I really loved was when she would buy Vienna sausages, which is essentially like mini wieners. Mm-hmm. In the can. <laughs> in the can. I know, I remember. <laughs> cook it and cook that in there, in a hugai, in and then put that over some like minute noodles. Wow, I used to love that so much. <laughs> so that's actually from my childhood. What is not from my childhood and my my more recent obsession is Korean army stew. Mm. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's some excitement. So I don't, I don't. He did I've a ne- little dance I, there. I've never had it, but the, when you both posted it, yeah. I was like, you bitches better invite me next time. Because I would have I had, had it in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. a heartbeat. Like it looks so heartbit. Heartbit. Like which it. is what a, a digital six year old who yeah. treats his body like a carnival ride. It's a heartbit, <laughs> not a heartbeat. Um, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it's Can you made explain with. A, it? yeah. yeah, it's a, it's it's a stew made with essentially it's it's anything that the Korean army used to get um, in their rations, right? So that's why you don't actually have one specific recipe. Right. So it's a stew that's made out of, um, 
like instant ramen noodles. Um, big beans. Spam. <laughs> big beans. Kobasa. Kobasa. You can put like um, freaking craft singles on there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, it looks and amazing. Kimchi. It's delicious. It's so good. It's what David Chang calls ugly delicious. Ugly mm-hmm. delicious stuff. And right. funny enough, it is the dish that that rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. I know. Uh, it's the dish that Anthony Bourdain toured when he basically released his last book. Um, he toured around and would show up on television shows and show them how to make Korean Army stew. Out of all the recipes that he could choose, he chose that one to show show the public so yeah it's it's a special one it's really really and good. do you find it it's it's in the it's in the regular rotation as far as the stuff you make or it, it you need to be. think about it it's it's not <laughs> it's so terrible it's delicious it's, it's delicious, but really it's bad for you. you but we eat it maybe like oh really two three <laughs> times a year yeah it's oh that's not bad when we have a craving oh, and so like okay so anyone ramen package at all do you guys Korean ramen? Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is my jam. Mm. I had to like, <laughs> so when I was in school, this was like my favorite thing to make because it was like comfort food, but also like special food in a way. How do you, how do you soup up your ramen, all of you? Important question right now. Oh. <sighs> how do I soup it up? Yeah. Mm. Um, like, um, like that, you always have to have a fried egg on top. Yes. Yes, that's, that's or, a given. That's a kind of like soft up. boiled egg. Yeah, or yeah, just cracking one that's egg. kind of like you know oozing mm-hmm. on top of the noodles. Yeah, for sure. Are you you want to hear? This is an us? important question. Yeah, I'm totally judging you as you speak. Are you our guests and we judge you? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, the the craziest thing, like like Ooh, specifically specifically ramen. ramen. Mm-hmm. I think back bacon mm. was a thing. I put a strip of back bacon in there, like Canadian I, bacon. Yeah, well, like like the thick, thick yeah, oh, yeah. The thick cut, and just I didn't even eat it. It was just in. It was like an old piece. It was at the end, and I put it in, and it just. To Why add you're flavor. really selling us on this? No, well, no. But I mean, like, I didn't even flavor. eat it. I didn't honest with you, it smelled no, weird. No, just the flavor. Just the flavor. They wrapped in the it sock. It <laughs> <laughs> was uh, chicken ala bacon. <laughs> I feel like getting the verbal abuse from you this episode. No. No, you. Same thing, I guess, right? Um. I'm, I'm going to add processed cheese is oh, is like so an obvious one, but the one for me, and it wasn't for um, soupy noodles, it was the for like ones. dry ones mm-hmm. or jajang or something like that, was um, it's like dry shredded pork floss. Um, oh, you fancy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I know, like, it was like surprise. It's not fancy. Like, no, the stuff but... is shelf-stable meat. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like spam. <laughs> like spam. Yeah, yeah, okay. Vienna sausages. Spam. spam has a special place in my heart. Fair. Mm. But yeah, that would go in, and it would replace, you know, the protein component of things. Wow. Okay, so it's not it's it's not weird. It is one of those things that you can just order at Kenton, mm. right? Uh, uh, grated uh, Swiss. so the interesting thing about uh, the interesting thing about it so like it was my wife that had said I'm going to get cheese 
and you get the you also get um, grated uh, garlic. Mm -hmm. So they always give you a ton, and two you can share both plates of those things and just drop it in. The, the awesome part about the grated cheese is that it melts and it wraps itself around the noodles and it just becomes this ooey gooey delicious <laughs> look at you i don't know like i'm salivating <laughs> it's so <laughs> good is so like so we always order cheese and the number of times that someone looks over and goes is that good and i go do you want to try it? <laughs> and then like slide the plate over because it can it can do three people yeah, easy. Yeah, I yeah. mean they always give you a big pile of it, and they always go, "Wow, man, I would I would never have chosen that." Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Well, you have been changed by me, you know." I'll like it, your life. And it was Libs. It was Libs, my wife that that had done that. She's like, "We're gonna get the cheese. We're gonna try the cheese. I've heard it's good, but I don't know." And it is so. When you were like process, slice of process, she's like. Yep. Shit, yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> like if that was I was making it at home, I would I could do that, right? Like a soft boiled egg and some shredded and some processed cheese, one hundred percent. And floss, yeah. pork floss. Pork floss. Oh Hells my yeah. god, it's uh, shelf stable. Right. <laughs> Sorry, did you say shelf stable? So <laughs> it makes it sound so much better. But in fact, it's shelf stable. So Ooh. I I want to uh, this may be the tie up because. You involved all of us, and it was so great. But we're over an hour. Holy camoly. That doesn't mean we have to stop eating. We can go eating. all night. We, yeah, can <laughs> we can stop eating. We don't have to stop eating, but we probably should stop recording. Because I have discovered that the longer we talk the while drinking, the less it makes. So I want to give you all an opportunity to have like last words, mm. or, or not final words, but last words on this episode. Oh, Nick, do you have anything you'd like to, do you feel you weren't asked that you'd like to add? Oh man, this is Are so you on the much. Spot? I'm sorry. I know. So so much I know. So I'm on the spot. On the spot. It, it took <laughs> us a while to get the the mic set up, but like. Well, there, we weren't recording. So the hour was oh, us so recording. I, <laughs> I, I wish that we were recording while we were just kind of like bantering. bantering. You know, because there's just like so many different facets of food and being in like the creator realm mm -hmm. of food that we haven't quite touched on yet. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. well, guess what? Episode's still on. So <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you feel? And it was one of the things I overheard because I was really busy with the mics. Um, but I did overhear some comments about creators and, and influencers and the current Instagram culture. Mm. What do you feel that is is uh, missing from what should be an enjoyable experience? Well, I guess, so first, context is king. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, agreed. Kim and I have a food blog. I also work in food. I'm the head of a startup of a food CPG. And What's a CPG? Consumer packaged good. It's important to say. It yeah. is. It totally is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and like all of our friends are food influencers. And you can kind of like look into that life and, and be like, oh my God, like I wish that I got paid to do nothing but eat food like my entire life. And like, I, I, I think that the grass is always greener on the other side. That's, that's where my head's at these days is like, you should do what you love, but just be careful that it doesn't make 
you know, the thing that you love. Mm. Doesn't turn into work. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't like, turn into yeah. work. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And, um, and like, that's kind of the thing that I'd like to tell, like, a non-food creator yeah. um, mm-hmm. audience is, like, it's, it's really difficult. Like, food is cold, and it doesn't always taste as good as it looks, mm-hmm. and... Calling yeah. rainbow bagels right now. <laughs> so I'm just going to add to that. So I, I taught pre-animation at Algonquin for a couple of summers, and um, I had this one student. Uh, so pre-animation is essentially like a portfolio prep course. And I had this one student who had, who had made it through the first year of animation, but her marks were low, so they asked her to take the pre-animation course over the summer, and if her grades were good enough, they, she would get in the second year. And we had this long conversation at one point where... She was really interested in drawing. She loved illustrating. She hated the repetition of animation. Mm. And she only liked drawing her own stuff. She didn't really like drawing things that other people told her to draw. And I said, look, here's the deal. In animation, most of your career is going to be drawing other people's work. And it's going to be a lot of drawing the same thing over and over again. I know you like the idea of animation. I know you like to draw. But you have to think of your daily tasks in this career and if if you can do that no matter what like if you like magazine layout and you could be like i can lay out pages of a magazine and you know until the cows come home i love doing it it's fun right then you'll survive because you the most monotonous task in that job is something you enjoy doing and even when it becomes work you'll 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 still have a passion for it mm-hmm. but if you don't that's where things become difficult right it, it, you have to you have to love it so much that even on the worst day you're still gonna get something out of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm eating food. All right, you're eating food. Um, Natalie. Last you words. Yeah. Last or, or words. Not. Or, or, or not. Oh, we're talking about we're talking about. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, they could be last words. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, sorry. There's that a mic lot could of turn off at any given. on the table. <laughs> Ask no, me. but no. We're talking about the the idea of um, being an influencer, being a food influencer, um, and the creative side—not just the food side, but mm-hmm. the, the sort of like the blogging about food, talking about food, writing about food. Mm. I'm not ready for the uptake yet. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna turn so, over. <laughs> I guess what we've gotten from from a lot of our friends who, who actually are very successful in that industry, who have a lot of followers, who, who do all of that stuff. It's funny because when we go and eat with them, either we go out and eat or we eat in, we notice that, you know, Nick and I will take a ton of pictures. They won't. Right. And it's because it actually interferes with your enjoyment of that moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so, um, so, so, so that's what it is. It's kind of like, well, I guess I can relate to that because when I was younger, I grew up dancing. And there was a time when my, my father asked me, do you want to go into an intensive program and do this every single day and train because I, I, will, I will put you in that school. And oddly, for a 12-year-old, I don't know. For <laughs> 12? <laughs> like, oh my I don't God. understand We're how. Yeah. <laughs> you know things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom was like, don't come home until it's dark. <laughs> but like, I, I, I turned around and told my dad, you know what? And, and this is 
like in hindsight, that's pretty mature for a 12 year old. But I told him, no, I don't want to do that because I don't want to wake up one day and hate dancing. Mm. And I think that kind of applies to anything that you love Mm -hmm. with a fierce passion is you have to remember why you love it. And if it starts becoming a job, Mm -hmm. but in the sense that it becomes a chore, then, then you do have to question whether that's really what you want to be doing with your life. I think, I think that differentiation between a job and a chore mm-hmm. is important because yeah. I think having a, a podcast is a job, yeah. but it's not a chore. It's something I enjoy doing. I especially enjoy doing this, but it does take effort to do, but it's not a chore. A chore is something you are required to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I totally agree with you. I think that I would hate to, in six months time, turn around and say, man, I just fucking hate mm. this podcast. <laughs> you know? why, why are you looking at me? <laughs> well, I looked at everybody individually scared. until I said hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are you ready? Natalie, are Perhaps. you ready? Perhaps. No, but I think oh, I echo much of what... Stefan's waiting for me to go, no, 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 I don't hate you. <laughs> and yet I haven't said it. <laughs> So, they love each other. Just FYI, they're totally true. fine. They're so good with each so other. So, what right do you now. feel? What do you feel is the thing that that would bring you back full steam ahead on on, on doing this? I think it like was this. Yeah. So I ran into a colleague just before you came down with the second box of stuff before we came right. over here. Yeah. And they said to me something really sort of important. Like, it's okay to take a break from what you're doing, which is what you guys have done. Mm -hmm. It's okay to, like, take a minute to sort of reorient yourself Mm -hmm. in what you're doing. But you need to, if it's the thing that you really want to do, you still need to sort of push forward. And that could be in reading. It could be in having really interesting conversations, which is exactly what has happened tonight, interestingly enough. Yay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, I think I, I just needed a fire sort of lit under my ass to were do you, this. Were you worried yeah. that because you took a break that, you know, maybe I shouldn't come back to this? Totally. Because okay. I'm yeah. like, I think I've been so sucked mm-hmm. into the things that I've been doing, which is like related to grant writing, which we have already talked about, mm-hmm. and related to extra work that I've taken on, all because it's interesting. But I feel like I've been pulled further and further mm-hmm. away from food, even though I've kind of been like, where? food, where are you? Right. Like, what's happening on the other side? But I think it just means that I need to reorient myself to the things that are important for me in talking about food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like Instagram, as we were discussing, is something that I feel like I kind of need to leave behind because I don't feel like it has a lot of value in the discussions that I am personally having about food. Right. So mm-hmm. I like a sort of academic sense of food and food sensibilities. Mm-hmm. I like sort of engaging in talks about like, how gender sort of influences our, our sensibilities about food or what kinds of histories impact food. So like maybe I'm just more food nerd than just like foodie, right? right. Yeah. And I think all of these spaces are important and all of these spaces can be occupied, you know, so but it's just now a time to pivot and sort of rethink hangry, hangry, hangriest. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, mm. like we, we went from talking about our own projects together to saying, you know what, maybe we should talk about how to succeed at things as opposed to just why we didn't failing, <laughs> failing constantly. Like how, how do you, how do you, you know, bring on someone that can yeah. say, this is how you find money. This is how mm-hmm. you can write a yeah. book. This is how yeah. you can make a movie. Um, 
and this is that this is that conversation. There are you who said, well, I don't know, man. It's one. It's not really my gig anymore. And then you have a conversation with two people that are obviously mm-hmm. as enamored with mm-hmm. the food world as you could be, or were, and yeah. are now again. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that I think that's what I think that's what uh, that drives us mm-hmm. forward. Totally. You know, the ship only moves forward. We say, and I think every few months we have a revisit. Like, mm-hmm. is this where the blog needs to be, or is this where the podcast needs to be? And if it's not, how do we how do we evolve it? I think there's a great uh, chemistry, obviously, in what you guys do because you're obviously together. But you could have done this without being together. Because you have an enjoyment of the medium. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I want to thank all of you. Kim, Natalie, Nick, you're welcome to say you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys so much. (laughs) I want to thank you all. This was this was a stupendous time. Like I really do appreciate your willingness to invite us into your home. Yes. And be a part of the conversation. I think it's I think it's fantastic. Uh, Stefan, do you have any? Yeah, no, I agree with that sentiment one hundred percent. And also, uh, Natalie, I feel I also have uh, been reminded of something really important tonight. I think in all our discussion about you know our different dishes and you know our favorite dishes and how we uh, prepare them um, in in novel ways, has reminded me that there's no right way to do anything mm-hmm. Absolutely. and uh, you know and not just in cooking but in everything and getting hung up on that well i'm not doing it the right way just stops you from from moving forward and it's something that i think we often forget because everyone has a little bit of that imposter syndrome mm-hmm. so i think maybe i got some inspiration from the food tonight to <laughs> keep trucking <laughs> Really profound, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Way more profound than I expected. <laughs> so I would, I would say that's that's a wrap. That is a wrap for the food nerd episode. Ooh, yes, food, food nerd. nerd episode, okay. not foodie episode. This is gonna no. be the food nerd episode. Food nerd. Because yeah. anybody yeah. that I'm writes totally spreadsheets to cook, I know. <laughs> 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 I'm all over it. Man. I know. It's I think cool. it's amazing. The nice right. thing is, it's a Google sheet so he can yes. send it to anybody I, yeah. <laughs> I also not gonna lie witnessed your post-it notes on the other <gasps> side <laughs> there for anyone you guys can't see this obviously who are listening to the podcast but there's an entire door decorated with post-it notes related to food yeah, it's our planning for one of everything is that what the new thing's called our yeah. first session oh. with all the new collaborators for one of one of everything. Is it yeah. going to be called oneofeverything.com? Uh, one dot com is outrageously expensive. Yeah. So <laughs> dot ca? Dot ca? It'll probably be dot ca, but we'll, we'll have all Show that. your Canadian roots. What up? What up? <laughs> well, that's exciting. So we'll probably have this episode air around the time that you guys launch. Yeah. So are you folks launch? I should stop saying guys. Yeah. <laughs> right? I gotta do that Couple too. Couple months, uh, it'll be gender. I appreciate that. Light that fire under our ass. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> okay. I am Hugh Elliott. I am Stefan Grambart. I am Nick Wong. I'm Will. No, <laughs> no, she goes next. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm Kimberly Clark. And I'm Natalie Rantahol. And this has been, can't sell this. Podcast.com. Podcast.com. <laughs> <laughs>
This episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content contained in this episode is copyright Stefan Grambart and Hugh Elliott. Intro voice by Jeff Wright. Intro music track is Energy by Not Of from their 2015 album Peak. Questions or comments can be sent to admin at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Any other information can be found at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Thank you.